Welcome to yet another episode of Behind the Scoreline. This episode is juicy, juicy, juicy. I might be exaggerating, but it's okay. It's fine. Kevin Durant now plays for the Phoenix Suns. Kyrie Irving plays for the Dallas Maverick. I almost forgot. I almost said Boston Celtic. <laughs> but yeah, um, the balance has shifted yet again. As per usual, the Western Conference is the stronger conference. The competition in the West is stacked. We have Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, Clippers, and Dallas Mavericks. I don't consider Matt, I don't consider Dallas Mavericks as a, a team that can compete for the championship, but it's okay. They have two superstars, so we have to put them in. Anything can happen. With the acquisition of Kevin Durant, now we have to start thinking of what the Phoenix Suns can be. And that is a scary, scary proposition. We all know the prowess of Kevin Durant from the mid-range. We know the prowess of CP3 from the mid-range. And the prowess of Devin Booker from the mid-range. And the prowess of DeAndre Ayton from the mid-range. I know, you didn't expect me to say DeAndre Ayton. But he's a very good mid-range shooter. He's very good in the mid-range. I don't think he takes as many shots as he should. But Phoenix has always been a problematic franchise. Especially in the past two years. We don't know what's going to happen with Phoenix. But we know for sure. Every team that plays Phoenix has to be scared. You have to avoid Phoenix in the playoffs. It's just unfair at, at the at the thought of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker just assassinating you from the mid-range. Who do you stop? When do you stop? It's it's unfathomable that so many mid-range players or so many great mid-range players can be playing together. But we know basketball cannot just be mid-range. There'll be a lot that's happening. Booker is a very good three-point shooter as well. But adding CP3 to the mix, it adds another dimension. It adds the lob threat to Aiden or Durant. It adds a, a high assist game for, 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 for Phoenix. They can easily just be moving the ball around and you wouldn't know who's going to assassinate you. It it can be very potent. And with Monty Williams, uh, as great of a coach as he is, we need to understand that Phoenix will not be a particularly great defensive team. But they'll definitely be better than Brooklyn by a long shot. I think they can be a top five defense in the league. But it has to be... It has to be planned. Uh, the defense has to be thoroughly planned. And I think if they plan their defense very well and actually take care of defense, they can win a championship. It can be easy. It can be an easy road for them. With the weapons that they have, you can be guaranteed that you can't have you can't have even one game where Kevin Durant is off. Devin Booker is off and Chris Paul is off as well. That that just can't happen. It just seems like when you play Phoenix, you have to accept that 
there'll be a player that has 30 points there'll be a player that has like 35 to 40 points it's a, we just don't know who or they can there's your best case scenario will be having four players having 20 points each So basically you have 80 points coming from four players and then your, there's your Josh Okogi there's your DJ Washington TJ Warren who can be an exciting piece for them an exciting piece for them a lot of people um are not taking seriously what I've been saying about TJ Warren going to the Suns that was a finesse on the on 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 the nets they were finessed Kevin Durant alone was enough for all those picks and all those player swaps and whatever. I don't think the exclusion of TJ Warren from the deal would have made Phoenix drop the whole thing together. Unless if it was for salary considerations, salary cap and you know all those nitty-gritties that I'm not particularly acquainted with, then I'd say okay, it makes sense why TJ had to go. But from a pure basketball standpoint, you keep TJ Warren. You keep TJ Warren even if you're not contending, you keep him. But that's what happened and Phoenix is now stronger off the bench because of that acquisition. Very strong. They are very strong off the bench because of that acquisition. You have your Landry Shamet, you have your Damian Lee. I mean, those are three-point snipers. Just you just put in Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker in the middle of three point snipers it's like they can try to get the mid going if 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 the mid range is not working or maybe they are guarded and or whatever they can't find a shot that they like you can always put it to dilly put it to landry shamet and see what happens you know so it just seems like phoenix are a dragon or a phoenix let's just put it like that a pun intended by the way the the phoenix that has so many head It's like uh, they they phoenix with many many heads. You know, it's like they can bite you with so many so many um weapons and you don't know which one is coming. And they have a coach, a coach that can coach. I think Monty Williams has won the NBA coach of the season. Yeah, in recent times I think he has won. I think it was in 2021. I'm not really sure about how those awards work. But That's what happened. I think he's the reigning coach of the year. I think he is. I think he is. Okay, I'm not too sure now. But it's okay. That doesn't matter. All we know is Monty Williams is a stud of a coach that has reached the final and we expect to see or at least I expect to see proper coaching and proper sets because if they have sets that work and just allow their stars to flourish I don't see a reason why Phoenix can be stopped. I don't even see a reason why they lose maybe three games in a series. I don't see that happening. But we have to understand that the NBA, particularly Kevin Durant in recent times has shown us that a lot can happen with a super team. A lot can happen with a super team and a lot can go wrong and easily so. But you have to understand as well that even though a lot can go wrong with the super team personalities matter in brooklyn it was easy for a lot to go wrong because of the personality of Kyrie Irving 
James Harden, Kevin Durant, all of whom are considered vel- volatile by the NBA community. But you have Devin Booker. Devin Booker just wants to hoop. I don't think he's he does it like he doesn't give anyone stress. A guy that I think is problematic is Chris Paul. Chris Paul has had his fair share of teammate trouble, but at this point in his career, he knows he has to keep his head down. do what he has to do. I don't think Chris Paul will be a diva. If he's a diva, he can easily be traded or benched. Because benching Chris Paul doesn't really... Um, it's, it's, not on the, it's not even nearly on the same level as benching Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. They're not even benchable, those two. You understand? So, I don't think there's going to be a drama in Phoenix. I think it will just be pure hoops. It will just be pure hoops. And there has been a lot of drama surrounding Monty Williams... and DeAndre Ayton and whether they have beef or not, whether Ayton still wants to play in Phoenix or not. But I think the arrival of Turan just, it assures everyone that, okay, let's put everything that we had aside, all the misfortunes we've had aside, and just go and get a championship. It's as simple as that, because almost every key player they have now was part of that 2021 team that went and got to the finals. So... They have a good base on how to win playoff games or playoff matches. It's just a matter of executing and now they have one more closer and they have arguably the best closer in basketball, you know. So it's going to be very interesting because you may argue that the Nets have been investing in Kevin Durant's skill because let's look at his time in Brooklyn. He spent a large time in Brooklyn learning how to be a facilitator and not just the way he was learning at OKC or at uh, at Golden State. At Golden State, there was always great Draymond. At OKC, there was always Russell Westbrook. But in Brooklyn, people were injured. Kyrie was injured. James Harden left and all of those. KD had to play... a large amount of games alone and even when there was Kyrie Kyrie has shifted to being a two guard so the playmaking of Kevin Durant developed there which is why most people now call him he's no longer a killer he's a savant because he's just he just learns basketball hol- holistically because the funny thing is this right he has the most turnovers and he was talking about how he's going to have turnovers like the public and the media needs, needs to get used to it He, he's going, he's always double teamed and he has to be the orchestrator and that allows him to grow as a facilitator because that's always been one of the things that people put LeBron above KD for. He's a, LeBron has an ability to make everyone better, facilitate at a high level and consistently so, which is something KD hasn't always had. And I saw Kawhi, Kawhi as well has been developing that skill. So, now the Suns have, or you can argue the Suns have a better version of KD because the scoring will never change. He scores at the rate he's always scored at. He'll give you a 30 every night. He won't go for a 45 because it's difficult. He's, over t- he's, he's double teamed. But now you're able to have Chris Paul. I don't have to give you Chris Paul's resume as a, as a passer or as a, as a floor general. And then you have KD. And a KD that is now clever, smarter, 
better passer, better facilitator, knows, I don't know, how to get out of double teams and all of that. Because, I mean, he learned a lot from that Boston series. Make no mistake. He learned a lot from that series uh, against Boston. And now the Phoenix are getting the end product. And it's so sweet. So sweet for them, you know. And yet again, the NBA karma is, is quite nice. Um, I don't know if karma is the right word, but the NBA... Um, landscape is quite nice just um, six seven months ago Phoenix were an organization that was in distraught I mean look uh, look uh, look at them you know uh, look at magic worked on, on Phoenix and they were demoralized I mean I can't even begin to imagine how humiliating that game seven must have been for them and how long it took for them to get over it but look at them now we're not saying they're going to win but in high spirits, they are a team that has the potential to probably win the, the championship back-to-back, you know, barring any trades from other teams that are going to be, like, very influential. But Phoenix is poised to make a, a deep run and, a very, and have a successful maybe two, three years, you know. And on the flip side, Luka Doncic has... Kyrie Irving, but everything is all up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen, especially because Kyrie is Kyrie and is involved. But people are still trying to force the Phoenix Mavericks rivalry. I don't think it's a rivalry at this point. It's not. It's not. You can't put KD on the Suns and expect Luka and 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 Kyrie to beat them. But then other people might be tell, might be saying, but you might be listening to this podcast and thinking, my guy, you don't know Luca. He's a bad man. And I'm like, yeah, he's a bad man, but nah, not KD, not KD, man. KD is something else. He's different. And again, when I was talking about KD being a savant, immediately when he moved to the Suns, he immediately became the best blocker in the Suns. His block, I think he's averaging, what, 1.5 blocks. And then the nearest person to him is Bismarck Biombo, the backup center. He's averaging 1.3, while Aiden averages 0.8. So we saw even in Brooklyn how their defense improved dramatically. It was because of Nicholas Claxton, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons, in that order. You know, so KD as a, as a defender now has improved dramatically and he's a block threat now. It's like you can't just go to a paint that has KD in it. No matter how strong you are, it's going to block it or it's going to give you problems. You know, So him working on, on such things, it just shows you how holistically as a player he's just improving, improving. But yeah, um, we can't talk about the X's and O's right now, but we know what KD can offer and we know how what Booker can offer and most importantly we know what Monty Williams can offer as a coach so we're looking forward to seeing how that translates to the rest of uh, the season for for Phoenix particularly after the All-Star game I think for now it's like Chris Paul is not going to the All-Star game Devin Booker is not in the All-Star game Kevin, Bo- uh, Kevin Durant is not going to the All-Star game so I think all of them in Phoenix We'll just be using that time for the All-Star Weekend and everything and just working and working and getting Kevin to be integrated into the team. 
you know i don't think it's going to take much but just knowing those offensive sets defense and how they line up different lineups work and all of that so it's going to be interesting also it will be particularly interesting to see how kd how kd's minutes are uh a set up because he was playing a lot of minutes in in brooklyn and we kind of understood why he was playing a lot of minutes but i don't think he should play that many minutes in in phoenix particularly now in regular season i think maybe you can bump up the minutes in in the playoffs but he should chill man just go 32 minutes a game until the season ends i mean he has nothing to lose you know um yeah <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Behind the Scoreline. Or better yet, just send them the link to this episode. Thank you.